Let's talk about movies. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 watch this podcast. Hello there. Um, I, Hello there. <laughs> usually, usually we vamp for a little bit, but today we're just going to get right into this. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And joining us from Nerf, okay. Nerf Herders <laughs> Assemble Podcast, our friends Seth and Josh. Welcome, guys. I was, I was really worried there for a second. I was like, you didn't tell me I was going to have to say my name. I would hope that you would know your name, but I, I apologize for throwing that at you. Uh, today we are going to be talking. We're going to do a full season review of Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. Before we get into that, uh, we have a little bit of business to take care of. This weekend, Ryan and I will be at Main Street Comic Con in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. I've got everything off to the side, ready to go for our giveaways. I've got the framed Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings poster staring at me. The, the Mandarin is like glaring at me the whole the, this whole show. So just remember that as you're watching and listening. Um, we've got a lot of fun giveaways. I've tried not to break into the candy as much as possible, but one box of Swedish fish is gone, but I will replace it. Um, it's going to be a fun time. Hope to see you there. Uh, details are on our Facebook page and in the Twitch chat. Uh, right now. Ryan, are you excited? Yeah, I am. I'll actually be going to uh, a con for the podcast, finally. Yeah. Now, now, Josh, you do a lot of conventions. Do you have any tips for Ryan since this is his first con as a exhibitor? Bring a as chair. an exhibitor? Um, <laughs> uh, sure. Bring, uh, bring water. Bring water. Uh, bring, bring stuff to hydrate. Uh, bring a personal fan if you can. Go to like a, a Walmart or something and get like a seven dollar fan uh, and dress to stay cool because I mean depending on how crazy it is there, uh, lots of people can get really crowded and even if you're behind a table, you can get a little claustrophobic and and need some space to breathe and cool down. So yeah, otherwise just have a good time and drink a lot of energy drinks because uh, keeps oh, yeah. you busy. Yeah. I, I don't think there will be people handing out C4 like I'm used to from New York Comic Con, but uh Oh my god, Alan and I collected so much C4. It was re- we were in the sweet spot that the people with the C4 bags would just always walk past us. And if they didn't have a flavor we wanted, they were close enough to go get it. And we like 2 days in, we just had like an a mass of C4 cans just waiting for the rest of the weekend. It was fantastic. Yeah. We were collecting them like they were infinity stones. So Yes. Yes. Um hopefully that happens at Waynesboro, but <laughs> if if not C4, if I hope you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if not, we'll stop at Sheets beforehand. Uh and um but yeah, so hope to see you, everyone there this weekend. Now we're going to move on to our we watch this segment where we talk about things that uh, we've watched over the past week uh ryan i think you your pick was one that all uh, most of us have seen uh what have you been watching well uh the boys i i wasn't i wasn't on watching the season as soon as it launched it was it was a little bit after that i finally started watching it 
but I got caught up with everything like two nights ago, and I'm happy with it so far. Season three. Season three. It's yeah. yes, with season three. It, it's each season two was crazier than season one, and so far season three is crazier at this point than all of season two was. So mm-hmm. it's not disappointing, and I don't really think how it could be at this point. <laughs> I think the first. I think the first episode amped it up further than some of the other seasons combined did oh yeah just, yeah just just in just in like one scene mm-hmm. honestly oh yeah. oh yeah they've got the they've got the violence they've got the grotesque grotesque nature uh they've got the uh they've got without any spoilers they got homelander to his max potential there was a lot of stuff that at after the finale of season two i was like are we gonna have to wait a whole season for this to kick off with Homelander and nope, nope, uh-huh. it's a, it's immediate and it's everything I want, and uh, they're just leaning into it now. Like I don't know if you follow them on Twitter, but they've been they've been uh, uh, teasing an orgy for uh, the end of this week, and they're just like, <laughs> if you think it's been grotesque yet, you know, it's only gonna get worse. And I, I can't imagine Amazon must just be like blank check, whatever you want to do. We don't yeah. we don't need to approve. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I've been following most of the cast on Instagram, and I forget her name, but Starlight, the actress, posted some pictures of some of the props, and she even said, like, you know, like, posting this picture might get me kicked off of Instagram, but I don't care, and she posted it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. Awesome. Yeah, my father-in-law just started watching The Boys, so he's still in season one, as far as I know. And I cannot wait to not be in the room with him when he watches season three's premiere. Uh, <laughs> my gosh. So. I watched it with the wife and even she was like, what the fuck? And she's seen everything else up until that point. But yeah. Yeah. I it's watched it with Cece and she was wildly uncomfortable. It was, it was uncomfortable for me. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was pretty bad. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm afraid I'm getting kind of desensitized to this stuff. I'm going to blame the boys and in invincible, especially because they were both, pretty pretty over that line but yeah i was i was behind on watching the boys uh when it first came out because what did they do josh they did like they did like three episodes right off the bat yeah two or, or three or the at first, the beginning yeah, two, yeah, that's been weekly, yeah yeah well i was behind and then and of course josh is like hey have you seen this yet have you seen this yet have you watched it i want to talk about it you gotta I'm keep like, you up to shape bro. No, no, I haven't. and then <laughs> and then i watched the first episode i think the first message i sent back to you is just like i'm convinced amazon just doesn't watch their episodes before they let them post them at this point like, just like <laughs> no fuck it let it go let it happen jeffrey bezos doesn't care no he's got that fucking money he's good yeah yeah <laughs> all right anything else on the boys i mean i mean not spoiler free yeah yeah i mean keeping it spoiler free and keeping it to like just my opinion of it that's it that's okay <laughs> I, I i am excited to see more of jason eccles as soldier boy he's been in the marketing so i don't think that's really a spoiler um but i only know him from smallville i've never watched supernatural so i've got like a whole 15 year gap of his career <laughs> so i'm excited to know how many... right he was the football coach for yeah. the high school in smallville yep. and he was dating lana that uh-huh. was weird. Oh my! Oh, that's right. And then right after that, that. The, the year after that, he started Supernatural. So that's right. Oh my God, yeah. that brings it back. I mm-hmm. totally forgot he was in Smallville. Wow. Do we know how many episodes the season is, Josh? Did you jump on that already? 
I have no idea. I, I don't like, know. I will I'm say sure I'm getting a little. Good. I'm getting a little annoyed by these six episode series, but I oh, it's going past that the boys is going to be for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, I think the last season was like eight. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for our review of the mini review of the boys. Uh, I'm going to do a spoiler free review of a movie I saw this weekend. Uh, Disney Pixar's Lightyear. Um, I went to this movie excited uh, because I grew up with Toy Story. I grew up with Buzz Lightyear. I was very disappointed in this movie. Oh, gosh, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was, it was just boring. And if Pixar is marketing this movie as what Andy saw to make him love Buzz Lightyear, I'm very concerned with Andy's taste in movies. <laughs> I've avoided trailers, but you've, you're not the third person that have said that. So I guess that's the, I, I did not know that, uh, but I've heard, I keep on hearing that. Is that like the opener? Like, do yeah. they show Andy walking into a theater to see the movie or something? Or I wish they did. Uh, it opens with a, with the text in 1995, Andy saw a movie that made him love Buzz Lightyear. This is that movie. Oh, so they tell you. They, don't they tell you. It's, it, it's tell, oh, don't geez. show. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I was a little bit of nostalgia. Okay. I was seeing the reviews coming through for this movie. And and I'll tell you, because the same thing happened just now. So I typed in Lightyear, and it was top stories about Lightyear. And it's all like, and, and I'm going to I'm gonna say this, because I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a spoiler, because it's every news story, basically. Um. So uh, apparently there's a same sex kiss in the movie mm-hmm. and there are, and the top articles are one, two, three, four, five, six of the, uh, six of the top articles that popped up on Google as soon as they did it are all about that. And then the other one is light year zero is partially a solar electric vehicle. So I don't think that's related. No, I guess <laughs> so. But yeah. Sitting at 76% on rotten tomatoes, five and a half on IMDB or 5.2 on IMDB and 46% of users liked this movie. And I assumed that it was because I assumed it was because of a same sex kiss. And that was like just everybody blowing up about it. I, it was fine. It, for being a kid's movie, it was actually kind of ambitious with the kind of sci-fi story they were telling. Um, but Chris, I, I think the cast was fine. Uh, it looks great. Just the story itself was, it got to the point where it was just repetitive and, not exciting um but visually it's great uh i will say there are three post-credit scenes and one they make you wait until the very very end like after the disney logo comes up and like the the projector would usually turn off there's a post-credit scene and it did not need three post-credit scenes Um, they are marvel yeah and I, I was hoping even Marvel yeah. isn't that ambitious with them. Yeah, <laughs> they only do the most. Yeah, there it it was. That that put me over the edge of not liking the movie because I think okay maybe the post credit scenes will redeem it a little bit and give me something that I can say is like oh that that was cool I want to see more of this story but there was nothing there for that. Um, hmm. But was it setting up a sequel? It was, yeah, the the very last one was the other. Disney's the, death. It's Disney. The, uh, the, the, <laughs> I mean, the, we're talking Disney Pixar at yeah. this point. Like, it's not as it's not as telltale. The, the first two were just jokes, and that's what made me be like, 
okay, well, why? Like, I get it. Like, I, I'm all for a good joke post credit scene, like Bruce Campbell and and Multiverse of Madness, but that's a good one. Um, it just didn't, it didn't stick the landing for me, and I, I was disappointed. The 3D was cool. I ended up seeing it in 3D, uh, not by choice, just by circumstances. But I enjoyed that. Um, is 3D animated not your first choice? It, it's not. I was in town running errands and uh, had time to kill, so I was like, okay, what's the next showing of Lightyear? 3D. Okay, I'll pay the extra. If I if I have to see anything in 3D, I want it to be a Pixar computer animated movie anyway. So, but yeah, so that's... you're telling me it wouldn't have been better if they went with Chris Pratt because apparently he's got a voice acting renaissance going on here with Garfield and <laughs> Super Mario. This sounds, you know, right up his alley. Garf- Garfield? Yeah, he's yeah. playing Garfield. Mm-hmm. No, so Chris that playing... again? He's yeah. in Garfield or he's playing Garfield? He's, he's playing, playing Garfield. Garfield. And he's playing Mario in another one. Yeah. I, I heard about the Mario one. That seemed yeah. weird, but but Garfield no, uh, though, like that. No. Okay, of the Chris's they of the Chris's they chose well. Chris Evans is great. Um the the story is a little bit of a man out of time kind of story, so it just kind of I think that probably probably played into it too, like feeling repetitive. Like you doing a man out of time story and it's Chris Evans' voice and you just had ten years of him as Captain America being the man out of sure. time. It's like you probably that, change it change it up a down. bit. Kind but, of weird. Uh, He's a man out of time with a cat sidekick and kind of like an Air Force y sort of thing sounds like yeah. Captain Marvel all over again. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, it does. Yeah, it's a little bit of Captain Marvel mixed with um Interstellar. So. That sounds amazing, though, but it's it, not. It, it like, does. <laughs> yeah. Like, on paper, there's a lot to like about this movie. On paper. It just doesn't hold up. I wish it was better than it was. Maybe uh, movies just don't really play well from the Toy Story universe. Maybe that's why the toys come alive, because there needs to be some balance in reality. I mean, you know, like, but it's not, in reality, it, where toys can live, the movie's got to suck. You know, it's one or the other. But it's not <laughs> like the toys are putting on a show for Andy to entertain them. So they could though. There they there could. is that possibility. Absolutely. Well somewhere. Well, maybe Tim maybe Allen some of the allure is laughing. in the mystery though. Is like not knowing that they were like mm-hmm. a, like it was an action figure based off of a movie or anything like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can't wait for the uh spin off film R C the movie. So uh Yeah. <laughs> uh, also I'll definitely I'll definitely wait for Disney Plus to show it up. Yeah, and it's because it's yeah, only like true. It's only like a month and a half now that you have to wait because Doctor Strange came out the beginning of May and it just premiered yesterday. So, well, I think they should just put that franchise to death. I or to to bed, not to death. I I uh, <laughs> I'd rather see a sequel to Toy Soldiers uh, with your little guy in the background there yeah. than uh, uh, a sequel to Toy Story. Oh, small Another Soldiers, to Toy yeah. Story. Oh yeah, Small Soldiers, not Toy Soldiers. It's close enough. I love Small Soldiers. That was a badass movie. Yeah. Uh, so those are my thoughts on Lightyear. I have spoiler thoughts, but I'm not going to share them here because you guys haven't seen the movie. Um, but once Thank you, you do, I'll let you know uh, more about why I didn't like it. So, all right. Okay. Um, Seth, I believe you watched a movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a new movie to me or anything like that. It's just like so 
uh, I was scrolling through trying to find something to watch in the background while I do like various video and photo editing and uh, the fugitive popped up on my HBO feed and I was like, Hey, I haven't seen that in fucking forever. So I was like, oh, I'm going to dive right into that. Um, mainly because of Harrison Ford. Hey, let's, let's be fair. Uh, the, the movie itself, like I, like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't quite as spectacular as I remember it being when I saw it as like kind of as a, man, I would have been around like, I would have been around like 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that I saw it, it was like which even then wasn't an, wasn't a new viewing, and uh, yeah, I uh, I mean it wasn't as uh, it wasn't as much of a thrill ride as I remember it being at that time, but it still like holds up like it's still a good film. Um, Harrison Ford obviously uh, does an excellent job, especially out of the Star Wars franchise. He seems to be the only like actor who ended up AAA after all of that, and he and he shows why. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the fugitive like I, I actually think that the fugitive probably doesn't get talked about quite as much just for his particular performance not necessarily for the movie in a, as a whole mm. um but, I, I, uh, I i feel like acting wise tommy lee jones gets a lot more credit for the fugitive than harrison oh, for Ford. sure for sure which i think is why the sequel or yeah. sequel yeah. is more catered towards him but he um, but ford was great in it i mean he he really was. It was a it was a great role for him. Tommy Lee Jones. It feels like Tommy Lee Jones in that movie is just playing Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> um, and you that might that. have been the that you might have been that. the film yeah. that established his typecast for like the rest of his movies. I was going to say you um, could say so that, that about on. anything that he's in. He feels like he's playing anything. himself. Yeah, he's got he's so. got a very similar mannerism in just about every single thing that he does. He's very. Uh, I don't, like, it, it feels like that militaristic style, you know, like it was like mm-hmm. the same as the drill instructor that he played in, in Captain America. It was like that commanding presence, uh, do what he says, or uh, there's no other way. It's his way or the highway. Like, it, like that very, uh, mo- like not necessarily macho, but kind of like in the, kind of in the same Assertive. Way. Yeah. yeah. Throughout yeah. the whole thing. Well, he and, stole, and, uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones stole that movie. He was he was fantastic, and and I read something the other day that his line, what's his biggest line in the movie? I don't care. Yeah, yeah I heard that wasn't scripted. Like I saw that in an article that that was not in the script, and I'm like, leave it to him to come up with that, and it'd be it like the most iconic line in the movie. It didn't feel scripted, so I'm not I'm not surprised yeah. uh, to see that. Like because. I, I mean, that was the coolest thing. And then they write it into like kind of like part of a, a major phone call that they have later on in the movie. Like it's like, right. it's like, like that ends up being really cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I rewatched it like four days ago and, uh, and I've had to, I had to replay it twice to kind of like get like everything that was going on. Cause the first time I watched it, I was pausing so much cause I was doing video editing that time. Yeah. And you can't, you can't watch anything effectively while video editing uh, between Premiere feeling, crashing yeah. your video setup <laughs> and just generally being laggy as hell. I was pausing left and right. Then the second time I watched it, I kept, I got interrupted like halfway through and then I didn't watch it again. And so I went back like, a th- I think it was, yeah, it was only like three times. The third time I was doing photo editing, nice and quiet, watched it through the whole thing. And I was like, this is cool. I'm, I'm into this. Like this'll, this'll be part of like, the, like the rewatch stuff that I do for stuff like that it was, it was, it was a good time again, though, not quite as uh feel like the plot, uh like the, the mystery around the killing of his uh, wife comes in awful late. 
and they and they kind of like scramble to put that sort of together uh and mainly for the audience at that point like they spend a lot of time chasing yeah it's called the fugitive not the detective yeah Yeah, that makes that makes sense but it felt like they had those two plots and they weren't necessarily sure which one they wanted to be at the forefront and then they found the fugitive one so good and compelling that they're like oh crap we had this other one we gotta get this in here still (laughs) well I think that's because it's based off of the TV show. Like the whole one armed man thing is the plot of the TV show from the seventies or eighties. Right. Right. So, uh, Josh, how about you? Have you watched anything the fugitive related recently? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so How unlike, un- unlike, I don't think it is convenient. It's, uh, it's weird. Unlike uh, Seth, I can't watch movies when I do stuff. I, I, I can listen to podcasts and everything, but I can't watch movies. So, when I've gone through all my podcasts, like half of my subscriptions on YouTube are movie reactors. So I can listen to them watching a movie. And usually it's like a 15, 20 minute video of them just kind of, you know, they, they skip to the highlights of the movie because they don't show them watching a whole movie on YouTube. And I swear there's an algorithm because they all eventually watch the same film. Like you'll see five, six different accounts watching the same film over a couple of weeks and i don't know how it happens but the fugitive like three different reactor channels were watching the fugitive last week and i was like you know i haven't seen that in a long time so i watched the fugitive over the weekend and then i was like anniversary or something maybe 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 it is and then i was like you know what i want to watch now i don't want to go to bed i want to watch the sequel to the fugitive so i i watched u.s marshall and I uh, love that film. There was a time where people did not know that that film existed and or or not that it existed but that it was related to The Fugitive. And it's got it's got the full cast from The Fugitive minus Harrison Ford and uh I loved it. It had Wesley Snipes in it, like Wesley Snipes in his prime. It had young Robert Downey Jr in it. Um but then it had the entire cast of The Fugitive which made it even better. Like Tommy Lee Jones was visibly a little older, but everybody was still cranky and sassy and, and everything to each other, and, and they were chasing after Snipes. And, you know, add that with some with some Wesley Snipes kung fu and everything, and it was fantastic. <laughs> it came, came out on August 6th of 93, so it's not a... It's not an anniversary. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they had the same thing that happened to me, because it just showed up in my... Uh, it showed up in my HBO Max feed... And U.S. Marshals kept popping up in my next in my Netflix feed. Yeah, and HBO so when Max you told me that yeah. when you told me today in our chat after finding out that it was <clears throat> wacky that we had just seen it, I was like, oh, okay, I'll pop it in there. I'm I'm through like the first half hour, but it's you good. know you know so your fun. true your true podcast co-host when you watch the same movie unintentionally. Yeah, unintentionally. Was, we can't watch was... the same movie on purpose, but uh, every time we've tried, we've tried to go to see The Northman together. That didn't work. We've tried to schedule other things that we'd seen together, and like fate intervenes every time. But now the one time that we had no connection about this, we end up watching the same. You know, it's so. like it's we can't watch new stuff at the same time on purpose. Even when we like, buy the tickets together, something happens, and then we don't end up seeing. Yeah, it. it's weird. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I, that that was so funny in the chat earlier. I was like, I gotta work that into the show somehow. So. Oh. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's it's all good. Uh, so that does it for our We Watched This segment. And now we're going to get into what we're here to talk about. 
the season, the series slash season finale and full season of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney plus. Uh, if you missed it, I was lucky enough to join Seth and Josh on Nerf Herders Assemble Tuesday night to talk about what we were expecting from the finale of Obi-Wan. So we'll get into spoilers later on, but just to catch everyone up, we're going to do a little bit of spoiler free, give our thoughts on the season um, overall, and then get into spoilers. So if you haven't seen Obi-Wan Kenobi yet, uh, stick around for a little bit. We're going to just talk broadly about it. Um, who wants to go first? I can give I can give my basic, the most basic response. A lot of people have asked me, "What did you think of the show?" All in all, and I'll say that I'll say I'll just say the same thing. I I I, I think of it just like I think of the prequels. There's, there's some cool things in the prequels. There's a lot of eh, stuff in the prequels, and it's got one hell of a finale. And that's exactly how I feel about Kenobi. I've seen a lot of people go hard, hate this. I've seen <laughs> a lot of people go hard. Love this. It's the best Star Wars ever. I think it's better than Boba Fett, and that's not saying a lot. But uh, it's uh, there was there was highlights in this show. There was a lot of muddy stuff in the middle that they could have that we didn't really need. But all in all, I had a really good time, and I really do think the finale on on several points was just fantastic. So yeah, that's me. Seth, how about you? Oh, okay. You can get us out of the way first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have so something that I needed to look up before I uh, continued on. So somebody else should jump in okay. first. Ryan, how about you? I overall I liked it. Uh, like <laughs> I pretty much like anything Star Wars. Like I'm just a I am seriously a, a generic simple fan. Like give me some Tie Fighters. Give me just something, just something in the Star Wars world, and I'm usually content with it. And that's really what I felt about this. There were some really awesome moments in it, uh, but if I had to rank it amongst, like, you know, the entire timeline of what they've come out with so far, like, it's kind of below middle of the pack for me. So that's where I'm at with it. Okay. I'm I'm kind of where Josh is. Like there there were some things in this that were very strange, weird choices. Um, but I think the finale really was strong. Um, I will see. I will watch Ewan McGregor in almost anything. I think there's um, some great use of newer technology in this production wise. Like. The fact that they, the lightsabers actually light up now, like, just makes the lightsaber fights so much better for me. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the series. I would, I would put it up there with, um, the Mandalorian as one of my favorite Disney Star Wars things that Disney has done. So I put Disney the has done. That's a good. That's a good uh, specifier there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put the finale up in there with the Mandalorian. Mm. Um, I will not put the whole show. Um, honestly, this uh, this series, especially with the finale, it it kind of like reaffirmed my feeling that this should have been a longer series. Uh, like so, for the Mandalorian, they've done eight episodes for for both seasons. I feel like doing six for Obi Wan might have been 
part of the problem. It does feel like there's like there might have been a lot of stuff cut out pre-production uh, in an effort to because there was a script change that they went around mm-hmm. to uh, to make some adjustments. And I and we might never know what those things actually were unless somebody digs in and interviews the right person. Um, but uh, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that uh, should have been in this show that wasn't. And but thankfully, not so much stuff that is in the show that shouldn't have been, um, which I think is a which I think is good. Like the the time that they used, I feel like they used pretty decently well. Uh, but I felt like it needed more time in order to kind of flush things out a little bit better. But I will say again that the finale uh, is some pretty there's there's some top tier Star Wars moments in there, and it does kind of adjust the way that you would watch the rest of star Wars media involving these particular characters, at least mm. uh, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of another way to go about this before getting into spoilers. Can you guys think of anything to talk about spoiler free before we get into details? I mean, Leia's like the best part of the series, uh, mm-hmm. arguably the best part of the series is kind of tough, but, yeah um like yeah i I just i would just say you know we we talked about this a little bit on tuesday how something like this that is that is uh, sorry about that something like this that is squeezed in between canon so tightly you know we've we've talked about how we'd love have a star wars property that's a thousand years in the past or a thousand years in the future from this skywalker Mm -hmm. saga and they're not bound by canon for something that is so tight i think this show did what it needed to do it was in in my view overall it was a compelling story it didn't it didn't um uh change canon it didn't screw up like that where we've seen other shows that it's like did you not we've seen star wars movies that it's like did you not watch the movie that came before this when you wrote this movie you know so at least for the most part this 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 show while it's not like it i i still feel like there's nothing like bombastic about this you could not watch this show and still you know watch episode three and then episode four and you'll be fine but there's 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 just it just adds a little bit more depth and stuff in the finale for someone that's watched uh, the the prequels and, and really liked a lot of the things they did with these characters it really felt like that payoff that it's it's why I appreciated um, it's why I appreciated uh, the Clone Wars because they fleshed certain uh, character dynamics out and certain relationships and. By the end of this show, I was like, you know, that's all I really wanted from this show. That's what they gave me. And I didn't walk away pissed off that they totally dropped the ball on something or totally screwed something up. And so I think that's that's it might have been a low expectation, but that's really all I expected from this series. And I came out really happy that that that's what I got. Ryan, I mean, look, you look like you had something to say. Oh, no, I'm just I'm just listening. I mean, I feel like. I feel like most of us, even though we kind of explained it differently, I feel like most of us have, are kind of on the same page with this. Um, we all enjoyed it. There were there were moments that that, that we definitely liked more than others. Um, but 
as things go, like it, it the, the fan base has been asking for a, a Kenobi series or a movie forever, as long as I can remember about that space, uh, about that time that he was on Tatooine. And for better or for worse, this is what that was. I enjoyed it. Hmm. So. Seth, you had something? Uh, I was just going to say, it was like, well, we'll see how much we all agree on and disagree on once we start yeah. getting into spoiler territory. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, right. there's, like, there's certain details that, like, like, every single time we do a review on, almost every single time we do a review on Nerf Herders, like, if I run into a bunch of stuff where things have been wrong, the like I go into writer mode and I'm like, okay, well, here's, here's how this should have gone, which of course in hindsight is always going to be easier, but I'm not on the star Wars writing team. So I don't get to fucking, I don't get to do anything about that. <laughs> one day, one day you'll get there. But uh, yeah, hopefully yeah. it'd be great. Uh, <laughs> Sam Neil follows you on Twitter. Maybe he's got the connect. Help me out here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think with that, we should throw out the spoiler warning just to open up the conversation a little bit more. So if you have not seen the full season of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus, this is your official spoiler warning. Uh, and let where, where's the graphic? There we go. Spoiler alert is up. So let's get into it. Um, cool. Seth, how do you really feel? <laughs> <laughs> put me on the put me on the spot. Okay, so. We we said it in our spoiler review of like this of the series right before the finale, and um, a big part of my problem with this series is that it seemed like they were trying to split it off into too many different directions as far as what they wanted to cover. Is like whether it was the the plot about getting Leia back or whether it was the plot of Obi Wan kind of dealing with his PTSD. Now, like I said, uh, again, it was like there's stuff missing that I would have liked to have seen, but the stuff that we saw was still uh in a good vein like like it was it was a good it was a good attempt i i I feel like they stuck the landing here but i i like i would like to know and because i don't dig into stuff super deep i don't get to know if there were a bunch of production issues as far as why i know they were filming during covid and that made things wildly complicated so uh is there a reason that they didn't go with eight episodes like they have like like they did for uh, mandalorian uh, Boba Fett's pretty forgettable, so I don't remember if they did eight episodes. I don't think they did. I think they only did six for Boba Fett. I don't. I don't know why I didn't look that that part I'm up. Not sure. There's going to be seven episodes of the book Boba Fett. So um, we got two eight episode seasons with the Mandalorian around a character who is completely fresh and new, and uh, dealing with mostly areas of characters who were not related to the original uh the original pieces of star wars media and then when they did include those it was in a very good way and then we got uh boba fett which they cut it down an episode and then filled it mostly with a character who we now kind of have a hard time caring about (laughs) um at least i i don't give a shit about boba fett at this point which is really sad Uh, and then we get six episodes with a character who we really already did care about and then it's like, okay, did you leave us wanting more because you want to do another season of this? Or did you leave us wanting more because uh, you guys had to cut some stuff out because it just wasn't working? Um, 
like I said before, I think that the majority of this series could have been focused on kind of like a very suspenseful cat and mouse game between Obi-Wan and Vader, uh, perpetuated by the Inquisitors. Um, I, uh, we could have used a little bit more time to see Reva kind of like working these angles to sort of get revenge. Cause it didn't really seem that way at all until like the final point. And then even then it was kind of odd that that was the direction that she chose to, to use. And then especially in the finale going after Luke as some sort of justice or revenge um, felt like that could have, been a little like we needed we almost needed like a reva episode you know like it would have been nice to have one episode devoted specifically to her perspective um i was right when i told cc she was sitting next to me and i was like oh uh one of those young we're gonna see one of those younglings i can guarantee it and sure enough reva ended up being one of them and everybody on twitter was like oh no that was just show on the purge and then boom there she was it would have been great to get her i thought that was pretty I yeah, thought it was obvious that, too, that, that, but yeah. there, there were people who were like, "Oh, why yeah. were the why were the younglings there? It didn't mean anything." Because <laughs> they're going to be in the show later. <laughs> it was I, I, it was just odd that we didn't see like what would have been uh, wildly suspenseful and and really scary because they did a great job making Vader scary in this again. Is that cat and mouse game between Obi Wan and Vader? And seeing him kind of like skate by a little bit, realizing it's like, well, I have to face him, which he did do. Um, like, I have to face him. I have to end this. Um, and then seeing something about like the motivation behind Reva and what she wants to be involved in, because it seems pretty apparent that she's probably going to have a, a part to play in future Star Wars content. Um, if I had to guess, uh, Moses Ingram is really, really good. And so I, I hope that we see her again because her character actually is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be nice. But yeah, I, f- I feel like they cut this down when they really shouldn't have done so. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to. I could go on and on yeah. and on and on and on. I'm not going to disagree with you. I would have loved to have more episodes of this. There are parts that feel like it could have been a little bit more fleshed out. But I really think part of the reason they did the six episode. Uh, structure was to follow like we talked about on Tuesday alluding yeah, the to the six scheme. rhyming the the six films Ryan have you heard about this no each episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi has a reference to that corresponding film in the Skywalker saga so the first episode you have uh little Luke pod racing like Anakin did in pot in episode one and episode two you've got the under underworld city scape that you see you're introduced to on coruscant in episode two episode three you have the fight between vader and and obi-wan uh where somebody gets burned uh, episode four is rescuing princess leia uh, from a fortress episode five is the escape from the rebel base and then the finale is uh just a duel well, and it's, I, a, it's another it's another jedi it's yeah. a Jedi coming into his power it's, it's, and it's facing wheezing. Vader. Yeah. It's wheezing. It's Vader wheezing. It's wheezing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you could, and you well, could and say they said it's, it's a redemption. It was, they said it was going to be a limited series. Unlike all the, the other shows that, that you mentioned, Seth, they, Kathleen Kennedy from the beginning always said this was going to be a limited series. And well, good. Granted, that, that, is not, that is not 
always six, but that is um, granted. Now she's she hasn't reneged on that, but she has said, "Well, we we intended it to be a limited series, but if the fans want, mm. consider a second season." No. I, I, I don't think, think it, they should. No, that, that's but. that's spoiling your fans and to not good service like that. that like what yeah. what we really want isn't always what we should have when it comes to an art film such as this. I I don't want it either. I trust Ewan McGregor enough that if the story isn't strong enough that he won't do it. Like, I don't, I, I know he really wants, like he's open to coming back as the character. I don't know if it's in a series form, but you've got Mm. other stories that you can tell that don't focus on him, but you could bring him into the fold. But I agree. I think Reva should have had, I was waiting for the Reva episode. It was almost like it was bound to happen. Every time there's, this this type of narrative structure there's always a now we're going to cut and do a flashback episode to give you the details of this person and it was almost like they were being so vague about her that i was just waiting for it to happen and i have not read of any behind the scenes stuff where they cut out um an episode or covid stopped them from filming so i um if the if it happened disney's been very hush hush on it but as much I did love the finale, but I love the finale for the non Reva parts because the Reva part made no sense to me. Like, I've seen a lot of people saying, mm-hmm. How did she know that Luke was Vader's son? And I watched it twice. I don't know that she knows that. I don't know that she knows who Luke is at all. And I don't know why she's there other than that she found something that said Ben. Tatooine, the boy. I, that's it, right? Did I miss something? Or I, that was pretty much the gist of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Did she ever confirm that she knows who Luke is or why she's chasing Luke? I don't think they confirm it, but even if she doesn't know who Luke is at that point, she's going there to attack someone who's a, important to Obi Wan. Like that's why right, Obi Wan was hiding. That's out. what it. That's but what it why? felt like to me yeah. is that she might. She might have even thought that it was Obi Wan's child. And, because and um, I, because I knew she. I knew she knew it was a message for Obi Wan, but she had just been stabbed by Vader for the second time. So was I, her I motivation fir- to kill the, the child to be more like Vader? Is that what the point? I think is? it is was that to, what she was trying to do. I think it was to get revenge on Obi Wan for using her to to stall vader because vader well, even told her that basically that, they could have made that more clear because i yeah. i was confused as to what she was doing there yeah i i didn't i didn't get it and i watched it twice yeah th- th- there were a lot of moments like that for me with this and I, I i think it suffered from having only the six episodes and because there were a lot of jumps and transitions that really threw me off or or, or just made me stop and for example, we see her, you know, groaning after getting a lightsaber to the gut on the ground. And the start of the very next episode, she's, uh, I, uh, she's maintaining it pretty damn well. She's ma- she's like... there, there's that. And she's also showing up at places extremely quick. Yeah, it felt like Game Throughout of Thrones the whole series to me. Yeah, yeah the, the like, whole finale had that syndrome really bad. They were they were just like, yeah. oh, light be- light speed means I can be on another planet in minutes. Yeah, yeah so because so it, it, 
Like how I'm, many parsecs was Tatooine? I'm glad this came up. Obi Wan yeah. was fighting it. The timeline yeah. of Star Wars things never makes sense. Like, how long was Luke on Dagobah training with Yoda while Han and Leia were in the Cloud City? Like, if you no. go, but like, this it, made it seem like it was over the course of a couple hours. The way I weird. look at the way I look at the finale is everything that happens with Reva on Tatooine takes place like either during or after the fight with Vader. Like, it, it the, just the way they tell the story that the, the what that's how it happens but they present it intercut so without a proper explanation like there was definitely a was was kenobi looking into the future when he saw luke fall or because they they filmed it and almost like luke's falling jump to light speed (laughs) like i think this is that's how it felt i think this was another instance of where the editing might have fallen a little bit short um because where so based on where uh (laughs) <laughs> the homestead is on Tatooine versus mm-hmm. where Reva actually encountered Luke and, and had her moment of uh, mercy, like all the way in beggars canyons. Like, okay, well how far of a walk would that have actually been to, to get there? And then to the amount of time that it took her to go through all of that. And then all the amount of time it took for her to haul him back in her weakened state. Like, I do wonder if it was just a poor representation of the timeline. Second of all, I also, I, I don't feel like Obi-Wan needed to be there in, in that moment. Like, it would have, it, like, we had predicted that Owen was going to kill her uh, before the finale mm-hmm. actually aired. And um, I, while I'm glad that that didn't happen, I'm also upset that it didn't happen because that would have been pretty interesting. I mean, based on, um, the, yeah, based on, based on what. Shot. What we see in the finale, I would have been more than happy to have Aunt Beru do it because she was ready she's to go. Yeah. So apparently, she's a she apparently she's she a sleeper. Yeah, I think I think it was just editing. Uh, and again, like it, it probably had something to do with there only being like another thing that we got kind of cut out on is like we thought that this final episode was going to be longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, as it turns out, there was like the airtime that got leaked out that was going to be an hour and a half was also wrong because this ended up being 51 minutes and that's including credits. Um, and so like I think with it being cut down to six episodes and them having to cram all this stuff in there, like the show did suffer for it to a certain degree and not being able to illustrate what was actually going on there would have been would have been part of that. Yeah, okay. I, I will admit, when I was watching it the first time in the beginning, I was getting nervous because um, it uh, it starts off, <laughs> and we kind of joked about it, I hope this whole episode isn't one ship chasing the other ship, and it starts off like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then we see a series of scenes where Obi-Wan keeps on walking in and out of the main room saying, I have to do this. And there's like six of those scenes before he actually leaves the ship and i was like oh god is this gonna be half of the episode of him saying i'm gonna leave the ship and i got nervous because it was like you already you already walked out of the room and then the next step the next scene he's walking back in the room and he's talking to leia and then he walks away and then the next scene he's talking to ice cube jr and then he goes back and talks to leia again and i'm like how many times are you gonna say goodbye like just go and then it did go, and the best part of the episode started is the is the final, final Vader Kenobi, um, under the moon 
uh, uh, you know, showdown. And that scene, I, I'm not saying I hated the Reva stuff. The Reva stuff was fine. Uh, but thankfully, they they didn't cut away from it too much. And they kept the Reva stuff short. Because I was just like, I know Reva's not going to kill him. Get back to the fight. Get back to the fight. But at least there was enough of the fight that they could cut away a couple times and there was still plenty more to see. But, I mean, clearly that was the highlight of the episode. That fight was everybody that thought episode four fight was lackluster or um, episode four, A New Hope. Or, uh, you know, the first uh, showdown between those two and Kenobi was lackluster. They definitely amped it up in this one. They, they gave you everything and more. Well, I feel like the the thing that upset me most is that there weren't any parallels between the two scenes, um, which would have been a really creative time to do something like that because we already had like kind of like a an established things like where Owen is there with uh, Reva at the beginning, uh, kind of like almost staring her down really, and kind of like not showing any of that fear. Um, and then the conversation between Anakin and Obi-Wan while it was heart wrenching and I did cry. Uh, like I, I was shedding mm -hmm. tears in that moment. There wasn't as much of a dialogue as I was really hoping for. So there wasn't really that master learner uh, moment that I was hoping to have happen. But when they were oh, cutting back and forth cool. between the scenes, we weren't seeing like a parallel between the two. And it would have been really interesting to see the fight between Owen and Baru and Riva. Um, kind of like match sort of the cadence of the fight. And then at the ending of it, when it gets right down to it, uh, when uh, Obi-Wan is given the chance to kill Vader again, which he, he bypasses to try and show mercy. We see Owen and Baru doing the same thing for Riva and for, for different reasons, but um, or, or killing her and, and kind of showing like the different way that, uh, that Owen actually interacts with something like that. When he sees a threat towards Luke, he actually wipes him out uh, because he didn't have any connection to Riva. He didn't have an emotional tie. Yeah. Like it wasn't going to be difficult for him to pull the trigger on that, but like they, they bounced it around so much. And again, like the he Reva tried, he stuff did pull was the just, trigger. well, he did. He, just, he was a terrible it, shot. He was huh. a terrible shot and it had the jump on her too. It was a horrible, horrible shot, but I don't yeah. it's clear that I don't think he does a hell of a lot of shooting. Who who taught Luke to shoot womp rats? Because it wasn't his uncle. It Ambaru. wasn't Ambaru. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I guarantee hundred percent Ambaru. Absolutely guarantee it was Ambaru. Did she also teach him hand to hand combat? Because she's got that down. I mean, she she got that punch in or slap or whatever it was, but it was vicious. Well, anybody can punch somebody in the face yeah. from concealment, but yeah. <laughs> and, and Luke can not kick them in the face, and they still fall over. If you know that. I was waiting for Riva to yes. to utter yes. some. I was waiting for Riva to utter some Russian, and Baru just responds back to her in a perfect Russian accent. <laughs> like she's some sleeper agent or something. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was like, oh, it turns out you kill Luke. I'm gonna go John Wick on you. Thank you. <laughs> so, the the fight between let's talk about the fight between Anakin or between Vader and Obi Wan, um, because there was a moment where I was really expecting Vader to, to say. Now I have the high ground, I have the high ground. And, and it didn't happen. He didn't have to. It rose he didn't above, have to. They rose they, above that. They set they yeah. set that up specifically. They took so the high fans ground. Would say yeah. it. They like, took they, were they like... took the high ground. The writers did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of people. A lot of reactors were like, "He's gonna say it," and he didn't. And I'm like, and that's and that's my favorite. You fail as a one reactor. of my favorite reactors had a had a line drop in there that would have made everybody cringe, and he just said that this scene rocks. <laughs> 
and uh and i, and I couldn't help my i was laughing like a little girl while I, like it was so good yeah. i love the setup i i i don't i don't i didn't look at a lot of the concept art but just vader walking off his ship and you have you have obi-wan with the kind of rock spears behind him and you've got the moon overhead. It was just gore. It was a gorgeous shot. It was a and gorgeously shot sequence. Oh my! Yeah. They got really up and close. That you know that that first that first little fight. I loved. They yeah. were even back to back at one point. I was like, yes. This is I it. saw. I, at one point, it looked like they were almost holding hands, and someone freeze framed in, in a later like, fight. Yeah, and just just it worked. Now, now kiss. Yeah. <laughs> So there was a part. moment. There's a moment in their fight in Revenge of the Sith where they kind of lock hands and they're kind of like grappling, like kind of like half grappling, mm -hmm. half fighting. I think mm -hmm. they're basically locking into that again. Yeah. Mm. My favorite part, or my my favorite thing that I've seen from the fight online, is a meme of Obi Wan with all the rocks behind him, you know, holding all the rocks up, and it's so. his line, "I have the high ground." <laughs> 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 yes. I just like how he had his confidence back. He had a lot of yeah. the moves that he had from the prequels, even in that first fight when he when he points it back and then he like brings the lightsaber back and does the twirl and I'm like, "There's my old Obi Wan," and yeah. he does the pose. Uh, he he brought his poses back. You know, he mm -hmm. had his, and then he and then he brought some new stuff. He brought some Anakin stuff with the behind the back lightsaber moves and everything. And I'm like, "Oh, Obi Wan's got his groove back. I dig mm -hmm. it." Where do you think Anakin? Where do you think Anakin got it from? Right, right. But it really, it really did feel like it was kind of almost the reverse, you know, of Obi Wan fighting or, 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 you know, sparring with teenage Anakin, and now Obi Wan almost felt like the younger of the two because well, he's definitely the more healthy of the two. Yeah. But I did, yeah, I did appreciate that Vader moved. And even in that first fight, he tried doing it one-handed, and then he realized, oh, no, I got to use two hands with this guy. Like, Obi-Wan's back. And I loved it because as soon as he started gripping that lightsaber like a bat, I was like, yeah, you need to take him seriously. And that was, mm. that was great. That's great stuff. It was heart-wrenchingly emotional to, to see him finally have the conversation with him after he's pretty much downed mm -hmm. uh, Vader at that point. Um, but the hardest, the hardest thing to hear was, uh, him calling him Darth instead of calling him Anakin. Yeah. And, uh, and it was hard for a couple of reasons. One, because that was really difficult. And two, it was like, well, he can't kill him because there's gotta be another set of movies here. But huh. I like to be presented with that situation. I was very upset at that particular part. Like that actually got me kind of mad because Obi-Wan had had the chance to kill him once already and dropped the ball and like thought that he had to be fair he'd cut off limbs and left him in a fucking pool of lava safe to assume he wouldn't have lived through that um but we've got other people who are saying that reva shouldn't have lived through a gut shot with a lightsaber i was like well yeah I, I... let's let's look at her boss um the uh but in that moment like he calls him darth and we see that this disconnect is there it's like the situation where Vader is that vulnerable, I, I, I almost can't forgive Obi-Wan for letting him live again and being like, Obi-Wan, what are you doing? Like you, you've seen what he's become. You've seen how evil is. Why are you letting this continue? Like, I understand that you're having a hard time emotionally, but you literally just said, it's like, Hey, my friend truly is dead. Goodbye, Darth. And, uh, 
walking away. But like, well, just because he's beaten in that moment doesn't mean that he's not going to come back and expunge that hatred on other people. Like presenting us with that scene while emotionally uh, gratifying. And, and that was when I was crying was when Obi-Wan was crying and apologizing. Um, all to set up the line of saying like, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did to justify Obi-Wan's method of thinking in a new hope when he explains it to Luke, like that, that wasn't, that wasn't enough. Like you, oh. you get presented with that moment and you don't pull that trigger. You are again, responsible for everything that he does after the fact. The way yeah. I look at it is that's Obi-Wan taking the, the path of the Jedi, like Jedi. Well, he explains it to Reva that he took mercy, that you took mercy. So you've, you've honored them. So like, he's, mm-hmm. he's honored Anakin by, by showing mercy, but I, I, I don't know. Samuel Jackson see- was willing to kill Palpatine. <laughs> that doesn't make him less of a Jedi. Fair point. And the thing is too, at this, that also set up, one irritation I had was that the line that Obi-Wan gave was like, this ends now. Yeah. And then he and, walks and away then, from and them. And then didn't end it. Like, and then, yeah. And, and then didn't end it. But, but then at the same time, like you said before that, like they, they had to work with Canon with this. Mm-hmm. They were squeezed with Canon almost for this show. And that's one of the things that I feel kind of, because I mean, the reason why I said before that that this is bottom, you know, like below middle of the pack for you know, like my feeling towards this whole show is the fact that almost all of these characters, you know, that they end up in something else later on. Yep. So there's almost no stakes except for like a few of the characters. Mm-hmm. So like even the grand inquisitor mm-hmm. like he gets a gut shot by a lightsaber and everyone who hasn't seen rebels is like oh crap he's dead but then everyone who has seen rebels is oh he's showing up later and i've even had that conversation with at least one person today where i came across a post that of uh of this guy i know where he, he had all of his he was not a fan of the show he had all of his complaints listed about it, and that was one of them for him about the, 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 the Grand Inquisitor. And the, the, the question was like, what purpose did he have other other um, other than just coming back as a surprise? Because what's what's the, 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 the what's the, the, the narrative here for this guy? And he's never seen Rebels, so I mentioned that. Yeah, and. But it was kind and, of a disservice to his character in Rebels by not like showcasing how sinister he actually is. Like he's he's a great villain in Rebels. Him. Yeah, it's not but, his it's not his story. So you focus on another Inquisitor, and I think down the line, like the fact that they have a live action Inquisitor cast, and we still have ten years of story, or at least five years of story for the Inquisitor to tell, I think we could see him again in live action. We yeah. have Andor oh, yeah, coming sure. up, which is very much could involve them. Uh, I thought I don't, I don't uh, think Andor will involve them at all. I feel I feel like Andor is going to be very no Jedi sure, in this sure. series if they can help it. Mm-hmm. Just saying they have other content that, that right. could if they if they wanted to. I I think I love that dialogue. I love the fight scene. 
Um, but I agree that they shouldn't have left it like that. I I loved I I would not change a single thing about their dialogue. I I thought it was just enough. Um, again, I came to this for the expansion of the depth of their characters, not because I um because I was expecting some big thing because I knew of the limitations of the show and I got that depth. I got that uh, Obi Wan in tears and the lightsabers reflecting off. Uh, his eyes because his eyes were so watery um anakin's voice mixing in with vader's sound effects was perfect beautiful edit and they showed just enough of his face that it's like is he smiling you know when he says things like you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did and i was like there was there was some happiness in that there was some happiness in that that stare that cheekbone just the way he said it the way the red and the blues were playing off each other's faces. Um, but I agree, him walking away didn't make sense. And we're, we were talking earlier about editing choices. It could have done something to where, you know, super easy. Vader fix. brought something between them, and Kenobi knew that he could either stay and try to fight more, or he had to get going to protect Luke. It could have done something that pulled Kenobi away from his duty. Um, and instead, he he went willingly, and I don't. I never agreed that it was his fault that everything happened after part one, because any other reasonable person would have believed that he would have been dead had the emperor not saved him. But this was more willingly walking away with the knowledge that it's not just Vader; it's everything Vader controls. It's his whole army that's. You've seen their devastation. You've seen them hunting down other Jedi. So I do agree that they, they could have done something different, but the Inquisitors really weren't did killing like the Inquisitors weren't killing innocents to draw Jedi out. Yeah, but they like, were killing they, Jedi. They he could have at least protected other Jedi. Right. But I did. It would, have, it would have been an easy fix to just move the vision that he has of Reva chasing down Luke from the ship to, to the middle right of the then. duel. To, to the and be like, I, can continue I, I gotta this. get out of here. I can't. Yeah, uh, but I did. I did like that he screamed after him. It reminded me of uh, Darth Maul's yeah. uh, Kenobi, but it was mm-hmm. Obi Wan instead, and mm-hmm. it was it was very emotional. It was a very emotional scene. I feel like they could have done because one of the things about the fight that I really enjoyed was the fact that Obi Wan went 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 after the control panel on Vader's mm-hmm. chest. Mm-hmm. And it and it would have been very easy to show that Kenobi was really back when it came to his, you know, like self-confidence is where he would have that vision of, you know, needing to go to Luke and making the split second decision to bring up the heel of the saber and smash the board and then get out of there. Mm-hmm. Or something. Yeah. And, and even and even yeah. your other point, Josh, where they could have brought something between them. It's like they were destroying that planet. Like just they could have had the force clash between them and create this canyon that they just weren't comfortable jumping at each other towards. Anakin knows how badly that goes, and Obi Wan knows how well it could go. <laughs> so like it would have been a super like they could have had where the rock spear comes down like, between them and like Obi Wan could have been, been yeah. like I'm gonna I need to find a way to get across this. I need to finish this and then have that vision. They have their conversations like like all right let's nope out like there's just no good way to to finish this off like i'm in i'm in complete agreement like that that was it would have been a super easy thing but i think it came down to the editing no have we all seen rebels 
I, I have. It would have been really like what like part of me was expecting with all those rocks there just to see Bendu come out and just hear Tom <laughs> Baker be like, "Hey, <laughs> shush!" Like it just. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> mirrored the Ahsoka Vader scene. It, absolutely. The, yeah. Uh, but the, they the but they did the, mask, the, the yeah. crack and the helmet on the other side than they did mm. with with that. Uh, I how many helmets does he have and who keeps on having to fix them for <laughs> him? Um, and why couldn't Kylo Ren just get one of the fixed ones instead of hold on to the the broken one? But oh. I did like the well, follow-up he didn't, he scene. He didn't require a mask. He was just an sure. emo little shit. I, so. I meant the Vader mask <laughs> that he kept around. Why, uh, but I did like the follow-up scene where you do see like an obsessed Vader. He's like, we will uh-huh. stop it. Nothing. And I was like, yeah. oh, they got they got Palpatine there. He's gonna he's gonna test him. He's gonna be like, you know, and he did. He said just enough to be like, you know, you know, do you serve me, or do you serve yourself, or do you serve him? You know, are you obsessed with him, or are you gonna be, you know, my, uh, my, uh, uh, a bitch? And and so he he you know kneels. <laughs> I would have loved to hear yeah. the emperor use those exact words. <laughs> yeah. I did like that because it was like, well, so does, you know, after all this, I was like, how the whole series, you know, now that, now that they're kind of being forced back together, I was like, how are you going to convince me that Vader didn't just hunt this dude down until episode four? And, and they just, with that, with a couple little lines, they, he was, he was back in check, you know, it was. He's like, you're supposed to be working for me, going off and doing your own little vengeance thing. And that, that you know, that was enough for me to be like, okay, uh, Obi-Wan can go back to Tatooine and, and, and it, you know, I won't be like, oh, that doesn't make sense that Vader wouldn't just hunt him down, you know. Um, to one of the thoughts that I had about another aspect of this show. And that's between uh, Obi-Wan and Leia and that whole part of the show. Mm-hmm. I truly feel that the subtitle for this series should be, you know, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, how Leia named her kid Ben <laughs> or something mm-hmm. along those lines, because I truly feel like this is why, like part of my of me being a little cynical about it is that I feel like this show explains how Ben got his name and that relationship between Leia and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Cause why would, why would, uh, I can't, I think why would Harrison Ford name his, his kid Solo. Ben? Uh, why, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I was blanking. The, yeah. What, <laughs> what I did always wonder that, like, why would, why would Han Solo want to name his kid Ben? Like he had no like, connection to this <laughs> I, dude. I mean, before well, there the, was another thing, yeah. like it was, oh, go ahead, Ellen. Before the show, like my whole thing was like, well, Ben was the reason they they met in the first place, so like they're just being sentimental for that. But now it's like like a whole new, like Ryan was saying, a whole new context to that, mm-hmm. and I like it a lot more. Like I like that. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, that was what we talked about. Like when uh, we said that this show kind of added, like it kind of changes the way that you watch other pieces of Star Wars content now. Like it changes the message that she sends him through R two D two in A New Hope. Uh, but yeah. like it makes a lot what more add, sense add that she would reach out to it. It yeah. makes a lot more sense that she would reach out to him now instead of it just being like an old war buddy of her father's. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he's somebody who saved her before, and she said 
and she brought in the message of him like helping her out during the clone wars to kind of like help preserve some secrecy or something like that like like well, like it's, it's so easy your to final kind of, talk uh, in this talked about you can reach out to me if you need help but we need to be careful and everybody was like yeah. oh the way she addresses them in a new hope doesn't make sense with this show well it does if the last time you talked to him was we need to be careful about how we talk to each other and then she grows into that knowing that she could reach out to him but she needs to be a little vague on who he is and everything not hey remember when you were jedi and we used to hang out can you come do that again you know she's <laughs> she's gonna she already knows at at the end of this show that she shouldn't say that so i i did like that little convo they had that little yeah. exchange and then it oh. adds like a level of like grief that she was probably going through when he died but she was like trying to address luke's at the same time yeah and it's like 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 yeah. how how bad she must have felt by finding out like the only like she was so excited to find out that ben kenobi was there to help her out and then yeah. to find and then to like the first time that she sees him and who knows how long he gets killed like yeah she did she did a good job of like not she didn't want to show any weakness in that moment like it's, it's so easy to kind of like have like a deeper context to future content now and, it, it's, and it's great and it even adds a level of it adds a level of depth to obi-wan's sacrifice on the death star because he's yeah. not only protecting Luke, he's protecting Leia. Yeah. Anybody that says I saw a tweet on on uh, there's this guy that I, I really do like, and and he's uh, for some reason he just hated this show. He hated <laughs> it, and he was like, he was like, how are you gonna write a show about Obi Wan and forget to have it be about Obi Wan? And I was like, what show did you watch? Because this was about Obi Wan. He was very prominent in every episode and yes there were other people there but at the end you saw a very broken man in the beginning get his groove back in multiple ways not only did he get the force back he got his sense of life back he got his style back he even dressed more confidently at the end he got his smile back he he you know he went and saw Barry Smiths and gave him a hug at the end of this. Barry Smiths. Um, Barry Smiths. What's his name? What's his Jimmy name? Smith. It's not Barry. Jimmy Smith. <laughs> um, uh, Leia gave him his heart back, you know, and 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 then he took that back to Tatooine, not as a broken man that just has to watch from afar, but someone who's gonna trust Owen, and he'll still be around. This was character development for him. Like, that maybe, is maybe the guy who watched that. Maybe the guy who tweeted that watched like that George Clooney movie with you and McGregor called the, the Men Who Stare at Goats, where they call him Jedi. Yeah, but he was. He listed. He, like, he oh, had what? three tweets of things that he listed that he wanted this show to address, and I was like, no, man, you don't need it. Like, I am perfectly fine with this show not having a crazy impact on the universe of star wars this show to me call it filler if you want but it felt like character development it felt mm -hmm. like at the end of it it fit between the prequels and where we see him next and if we never get more we just got a little bit more of him and anakin and that's all i wanted yeah and i i freely admit that it's not the best show but you can't tell me it's not about obi-wan and it didn't add more depth to his character yeah, again, I, mean, I feel like there there should have been more, but they did 
they didn't do a terrible job with what they actually did present. Yeah, because I mean, for me, for me, but but this show boils down to is it shows how Obi Wan went from at the end of you know Revenge of the Sith in Episode Three to the like happy go lucky hermit at the beginning of New Hope because yeah because I mean. At the end of episode three, I mean, he's devastated. Everything that he's worked for, everything that he's believed in is just gone, devastated, friends are dead. So, I mean, he's going to be exactly who they showed in the first episode. uh, 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 Flaying fish? Yeah. Uh, Desert fish? Something like that? I mean, it's... I'm sorry, a creature. That looked like really good salmon. Even the dickhead foreman got it. It did look like good salmon. It looked like salty. That looked like some really good salmon. Like, I... I would have loved to get sushi from that thing. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, um, the, to, to go from that to, you know, seeing Qui-Gon at the end, mm-hmm. you know, like that character transition mm-hmm. for me, if that's all this show does for me is just fill that out. It did its job. But at the same time, it also, for now on, whenever I watch a new hope and I see Leia holding that blaster, around the corner right before she stuns the stormtroopers i'm gonna think of the conversation of her getting the holster from mm-hmm. obi-wan kenobi mm-hmm. that so, felt more sentimental I, I don't know if that's the exact holster that she's wearing in that oh film. i doubt it <laughs> that, no, that but... felt more sentimental yeah. to me than how did han get those floating dice you know in, <laughs> in the millennium falcon what they did in solo i hate callback shit like that <laughs> this this didn't feel like that. This felt sentimental to you be a princess, but you also be a rebel. And and I love that. I love mm-hmm. that he gave her that and that she wore it at the end and that her, her dad was like, yeah, we're going to change things together and you're perfectly fine wearing that. I, I just and the, love and that. that. She put, and that she put Lola in the in the holster. Yeah. Yeah. holster. That was but fucking the, adorable. But yeah. That, like, to me... That's even better because the callback is her personality. Yeah. It's not a thing. It's her. Not and it's thing. who she grows into be. And that's, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, th- 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 those were the biggest things that I liked about this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those, again to that yeah. Mm-hmm. Child actor is fantastic. And, and there's a bunch of stuff, like I say that I wish I had seen more, but there are, like in every piece of media that's out there, there should be questions that don't get answers mm-hmm. like there is yeah, some agreed. like there's certainly some questions that absolutely should have answers because it like helps align the plot better but there Lost. are certain things that we should not have mm. the answers to and like, yeah. like and and that kind of like leaves like i i mean star wars theory on uh youtube goes in depth in some of the craziest sometimes he's like really overreaching but like i love watching his content and like every single time they open another door in the creative canon that they can go to and sort of like fill in some of these contexts, it adds more that fans could use to kind of like spin off on their own stuff or, and, and by fans that includes authors of books that are going to continue to write the canon comic mm-hmm. book artists, like uh, yeah. other, maybe other film properties. Like, like there's so many other aspects now that get opened up every single time they add something like this. So when they do a good job, like they did here, like yes, it could have been better, but like it also didn't do a terrible job. The the door is again open to see 
uh, more uh, like, and I don't want to see another show around these characters or anything like that. But like, if the people who do want that extra bit of context now, they've laid down the groundwork for basically a bunch of writing prompts for other pieces of media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before I ask my last question for the show, let's talk a bit about Gligon returning. Uh, what do you guys think of Liam Neeson as a force ghost? Well, Seth I mean, called it answer. the other night. We, yeah. we, we talked him down. Uh, but Seth was the one that said what seventy thirty that we'd see him in person. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, God damn it, Seth was right. <laughs> well, you talked me down at that point because you're like, well, he didn't find a way to become a full ghost. But it was like, well, in the ten years that he had fucking around as the Force entity, probably would have figured it out. <laughs> yeah, there. So. I yeah. I forget. That I'm gonna have to look yeah, up twenty the, years. Uh, I'm gonna have to look up who the TikToker is. But there's a TikTok Star Wars account that is just a puppet talking about star Wars lore. And he, he quite straight up said like, I'm fine with them breaking canon and having force ghosts learn after they die. Like that's fine. Did they break canon? Well, if they're, if they're willing to, if they're able to train somebody, they're able to learn some. Yeah. Did Anakin, did Anakin know how to force ghost himself? Cause he shows up in return of the Jedi. Dude, Anakin was the chosen one. So, I mean, if anybody has the ability to figure something like that out, I guess, but still i mean that would that would fly in the face of you need specific training before you die and i mean unless unless who knows what he was looking into though i mean like i guess palpatine was hinting at so no he was hinting at revival not life after death there's there's some great lore surrounding like some of the stuff that vader does um and i and i don't know if it's canon anymore because i can't remember where i read it um, but it was an online comic where he's basically going through and trying to find like old Sith artifacts and whatnot. And, um, and it might've even been fan fiction, but he runs into like an artifact that lets him uh, uh, communicate with one of the ancient Sith Lords. And, uh, and I remember being so appealed by this because it was a connection to uh, like the old Republic era, but even the Sith Lord who was there, it was like even older uh, than that and i can't remember the the lord that he communicated with like right off the bat but he communicates with a sith lord as a force ghost which in a lot of star wars canon sith can't do that um but it never really made sense to me because like if they can commune with if they can use the force they would certainly be able to kind of like cross that line and so to have a like again that that's one of those unanswered questions that uh we don't necessarily need the answer to but it opens up the door for people to write lore around like yeah around like artifact search like like vader did a lot of uh, stuff because palpatine straight up would not work with him on how to like preserve life like like he didn't and he didn't feel the need to anymore because padme had already died um but vader was like trying to uh, do a bunch of other things because Palpatine was more or less using him as a pawn rather than actually training him in anything. Yeah. And so a lot of yeah. the stuff that he learned after the fact uh, was yeah. through his own, uh, his own ambitions. Personally, yeah. and, uh, go, go, go ahead, Ryan. Okay. Yeah. The, um, just like you said, some things don't need to be answered. And I feel like that's one of them when it comes to the actual, like, I almost want to use the word dogma ish, you know, like the dogma of the force and like how it's used and how the Jedi see it and how the Sith use it. It's one of those things that like no one really knows the answer to until you do 
you know, pass away and then end up being part of the force. And you don't really know until you're at that point at the same time. So no one really living really knows if it's, you know, if you need to learn how to become a force ghost before, or is it that if you become so strong with the force, regardless of which way you go, that after you, you know, like pass away, you can still learn it anyway. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that I feel like because it's on that death threshold, it's one of those things that I'm fine with them never really giving an answer to. It was like they touched on it in the Clone Wars kind of the yeah. most extensively that anybody mm-hmm. has. And even at that point, it was still only uh, Master Yoda who actually had any real, like, great understanding of it. Mm-hmm. But as we have seen in every piece, almost every piece of Star Wars uh, content henceforth, force ghosts and uh the previous like the souls of uh jedi who have passed do still have uh interactions um whether or not they're uh whether whether or not they've physically manifested themselves at what at one point or another so yeah who knows what the jedi afterlife consists of whether or not they're given that option or not as far as the Darth Vader becoming a Force Ghost thing, my head canon and canon has always been and re- will remain until they show me otherwise that Qui Gon is the one who trained Vader to become a Force Ghost, because I could absolutely see him training Yoda, Obi Wan, and Anakin to do it. Even though Anakin's on the dark side now, like I could see him teaching him. Yeah. Qui Gon Qui Gon was more about like following the will of the Force rather yeah. than the will of anything else and qui-gon especially in the clone wars was also pretty adamant about having anakin be a part of the like that the force manifestation those living Mm -hmm. manifestations of the force and being like that balance between those two and so and qui-gon had such a strong connection to uh to anakin as a boy and to to believe that qui-gon wouldn't spend any time trying to interact with him at all is is kind of asinine to me like uh, there's no way yeah. That Qui-Gon, who deliberately defied the council on many different occasions, uh, wouldn't do something like that. So that is actually that is a great theory. Yeah. But that's something that uh yeah. that would have occurred. I and like I seeing him. I love I, I actually was... really I really love that concept, actually. I liked yeah. I liked seeing him. I I liked that they held it off to that last point that he wasn't there in the beginning when when uh when when obi-wan needed to find himself before he found his master like it just made sense now looking back that this is when he would reveal himself and was like i was always here you just needed to learn how to look you know and Mm -hmm. i've seen people that are like yeah season two qui-gon and and obi-wan back (laughs) together and i'm like i don't want that i don't want a season bad boys too that that is that is i don't think we're gonna see uh, it's not it's it it felt to me like it was more of a send-off than a, than a, a teaser for season two. I could see Kathleen Kennedy, she teased it out. I could see somebody saying, well, we left the door open. But I could also see somebody saying, yeah. well, I mean, episode four is down the line. So we left uh, it open for that. I'd it, rather we not get into yeah. more. In defense yeah. of Kathleen Kennedy, she's not the only one saying that. Deborah Cho is saying that. You know, McGregor sure. is saying that. Hayden Christensen's definitely on board to come back as Vader. And I think, <laughs> I think if anything, we're going to get a Vader show out of this. Yeah. Or I he'll, think be, he would be he'll be criminally misrepresented. Uh, 
Haven't hasn't it also been rumored that he's going to be a part of Ahsoka? More or less in confirmed. Some, yeah, probably flashbacks in some flashback form or Force Force yeah. Ghost if you're going post Jedi. True. True. Yeah, I, I think I think it would be criminal not to give Vader a show covering uh, various aspects of what he's done. And again, uh, then again, just, I have heard other people say. Gosh, Vader is good because we don't, we aren't oversaturated with him, and 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 saying could a Vader show, you know how how many times could we see Vader and his cape and his walk before it's too much Vader? And I well, I kind of get I, that, I kind of get that. Yeah, idea. and my thing, and this gets into how like being online not really being in the trenches of the discussions that happen online, but just being like an observer of them. I really wish that they would create a show like here, make a Vader show that dives into things that he does that we don't really, you know, see him doing when it comes to working with the empire and being this general, but have it that you don't need to watch it if you don't want to that if you don't watch it, it doesn't really affect any other medium. So that for people who want to watch it, they can and enjoy it. And for people who don't want to watch it, have to deal with somebody going, what, you didn't watch the show? That explains everything that happened just now. That's kind of how I feel about Obi-Wan, though. People can skip Obi-Wan and not miss out on anything. That's why I was fine with it. If they were going to do a Vader show, though, the big thing that they need to do is not go any further into humanizing him than they did in this show yeah like he needs to be the bad guy he needs to dehumanize him he needs he needs to do a bunch of bad shit he needs to be the villain yeah and so if they're gonna do a vader show away from killing more kids he killed more kids in this show so yeah (laughs) they need to they need to make sure that he stays the villain of yeah of reckon without yeah I will I will say I think the Marvel comics that have come out in the Disney era that focus on Vader have done a good job of balancing the villain with the the human the Anakin side of him uh, because we talked a bit on Tuesday about the moment uh, Vader finds out he has a son. Um, there's been a comic run recently where Vader visits the Padme's tomb and runs into one of her handmaidens. Um, so you deal with that. I think there, there, there's a way to strike a balance there. So I think it could completely be done in a, uh, yeah. in a, in a, in a limited series. Yeah. That thing where he runs into one of her pet, her handmaidens is an excellent piece of media though. So I, I need to read that. Yeah. Alan, I know you said you were about to ask your, your final question for wrapping this up. Can I, can I ask one thing real sure. quick? Um, I wanted to, because I've seen a lot of different takes on this. What did you guys think of the lightsabers in this show? Because uh, a lot of people have been like, this. Uh, the fight scenes looked like fan fiction because the lightsabers were so much brighter than they were in previous media, or they looked more like light-up tubes and, and beams of light as they have in previous forms. I tried not to look at it but definitely in the final episode whenever you would see the lightsaber straight on like the hilt would be more lit up and it did look different than previous iterations and i made it through rebels with the little uh so 
you know, this the sounds like a production. This section yeah. sounds like a production thing. Yeah. Um, I just want to get your guys' takes. What, what did you think that was distracting or did you, did you care? I think that instead of doing the, uh, the hilt with the interchangeable metal rod that they were using for the prequels, uh, it was not colored. It was just a metal rod. Like they're they're actually straight up using like the the polymer, yeah, um, blades that you could use for something else to get a more natural lit look rather than something artificial that they have to add in later. Yeah, that's and absolutely this, what they... that might have just been a side effect of that. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. They've been doing that since the Force Awakens, um, yeah. and I th- I think it it it's looked great and everything. I think if anything in obi-wan the colors were a bit oversaturated for the lightsabers it was always that... dark as shit when they had the lightsabers yeah. on though yeah. so they were just filling the scene yeah like, yeah um but i can i can see like you can really tell that the they're they're very bright in this and i think that is just because of the darkness and and I, and i'm so used to the lightsabers changing from era to era that they have changed that you know they really that, do <laughs> yeah that that you know that a little change or a change in lighting or how heavy they seem it doesn't i i don't even notice it i don't really even it didn't spoil it for me and i like i said i did make it through rebels where they were like more rapiers than than full on it's <laughs> like they were thin Ooh, they were a... tiny yeah, there's a gamble. And, there's a gamble word if I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, but they were, uh, they were. Uh, but in this, I did see a couple times where it looked more like a light up tube, than say Kylo Ren's lightsaber, where it was just like this constant surge of light. You know, mm-hmm. but and it wasn't yeah. enough to be like, oh, ruin the scene. You know, like, <laughs> I think that those those claims are a little over the top. Mm-hmm. There wasn't quite as much flicker or pulsing yeah. of the light in the sabers yeah. but honestly it was such a small thing that i didn't, I didn't even well didn't even I register mean, on my radar that's what happens when the empire has the money to hire honda and toyota to make lightsabers you get you know there a you solid <laughs> <laughs> but um prior to uh prior to alan just yeah one thing ahead. i want to add real quick the whole thing about the force ghosts um, I had the thought. I had the thought. I had the thought when we were talking about it. I feel like it also has to do with the person viewing the Force Ghost. I feel like it's not just the the. I feel like it's not just the Jedi themselves as Force Ghosts being able to appear to people because they know how to do it. I feel like the viewers need need to be not have a certain knowledge you. of the four yeah need to be ready but 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 at the same time also be at a certain knowledge level to be able to actually see them too i feel like yeah. it's like a 50 50 thing but you've got luke who saw ben kenobi with almost like no effort in empire strikes back like his his training was very much not complete no it was luke in time look <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, Luke. That's fair. <laughs> the actual chosen one. Yeah. Real quick, while while we wait for Josh to come back, let's just appreciate how far lightsabers have come since 2005, and compare mine oh, yeah. with Seth's here. Like, yeah. this is one of those no. plastic ones from the Re- Revenge of the Sith era, and then this is okay. one. Actually, let me let me grab a proper one here. Yeah. Seth Seth bought like seven lightsabers at Planet Comic Con this year. 
Oh so yeah, he's got plenty. Yeah, he's I, got went, plenty to I went. I went pretty crazy in in at the Ultra Sabers booth. So nice. We got a little. I got a little aggressive. Yeah, I wanted I wanted some cool desk toy shit and stuff to put on the shelves. So I, I got I got I know I know the feeling. Actually, I, actually, I got it. Oh. Uh, I'll just I'll just do it. I'll just do it because Josh, Josh spoiled already. <laughs> oh, oh my no god! Problem. <laughs> Look at all that. Just a little bit of a so, just a little as, bit of a problem. As That's he's okay, doing though. that, my I, uh, I have it slightly. <laughs> All right, I'll clean so, that up later. It's yeah. my high school, our senior oh. prank. Uh, a bunch of the seniors got together. I'm talking like 30, 40, 50 people um, got together and they had a massive lightsaber fight with 2004, 2005 type lightsabers outside in front of the school to where all three of our uh, adult security guards had to come out and said, okay, five more minutes, but then you guys have to stop. <laughs> what are you gonna do security guard we got fucking lightsabers you got road cones i i seth i want you to find a way to incorporate general grievous into displaying those like where however you keep them like whether it's just a bag with grievous's face on it just like a fine collection that you have there mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. yeah um I can, general I can, a I silhouette of grievous holding up a trench coat and yeah. then having them all displayed just like they're hanging yes. on the inside of the coat. Yes. I like it. I like it. Uh... <laughs> I could I could do it. Yeah. So what I was your uh, what was your final question so there? So we kind of we kind of touched on my final question which was going to be do you want to see a second <clears throat> season of this? So instead, nope. my last question is going to be what it was your favorite moment of the series. Uh because as much as I as much as I love like I Obviously, we all enjoyed the battle between Vader and, and Obi-Wan, but I think my favorite moment of the show was that last interaction between Obi-Wan and Leia, where he says what he, what she got from her mother and what she got from her father. Like, that that got me crying again. Like, that made me mm. tear up. That was such a beautiful moment between those characters and such a tribute mm. to Anakin and Padme. Um, I need to go back and watch it again because I don't think... Uh, across the stars is playing there but it should have been uh mm -hmm. just like just a little little beat of that but that was my favorite moment of the series it was even more beautiful because like after she hears all that she turns and she looks at her uh adoptive parents mm -hmm. as if yeah, it's like she, yeah she i know like all right i know already yeah. like as if he was describing as if he was describing them instead of anakin and padme like it was it was like a validation of her adoption and being like hey these are my real parents like that's yeah. that's absolutely she, who it belongs yeah. to yeah she didn't she but didn't need more there was a there was a great double meaning in there and it was beautiful yeah. like that's i gotta say that that like the ending sequence where he where obi-wan gets to interact with both uh luke and leia were were probably the top oh four. yeah finally said it hello there yeah uh, not, and not just because he said hello there, but more because like he like he never got to meet Luke up to that point. Like he yeah. like he held him as a baby, and then he was just a watcher from that point. And then he finally gets to meet him, and he hands him the toy that he had originally gotten for him. And yeah, Owen was, was for beautiful. a second wasn't just a a grubby cripple. Like he was a or or yeah, he he was he was nice for a second for for a split second. I, uh, other than the dialogue between the two after the final fight and just, uh, uh, McGregor's, uh, emotions in that scene, which was, 
I think my favorite part in general are his emotions in this show. But uh, yeah. other than that scene, the PTSD or the PTSD scene in the in the end of the second episode when he learns that Anakin is alive was was just compelling. I mean, uh, because that is what I wanted from this show. I wanted to know how does he get from thinking Anakin is dead just knowing that Ant, that vader is out there in episode four i wanted something to fill that gap and you know and i even like it took me a minute to realize it like i went into this knowing what came before and knowing what came after and i had completely wiped my mind of the fact that he did not know anakin was alive and when mm-hmm. that scene happened i was like oh my god look at his face and then it all just hit me, and I was like, "Oh, that was that was a very emotional scene." And his PTSD in his face, and ten years later, not knowing that his apprentice is alive, uh, and and the Darth Vader is alive, I love that moment. That was a strong moment, and it made sense why they dropped the first two episodes because that to end your first watch on that point, oh, that was great. It was really great. Which which would have been an even richer thing if we had had more episodes where he had. Uh, moments where he thought he could see him but it was him like outside of the armor and all that because he didn't know yeah that, that was what happened like because mm-hmm. like that first visual that he had when they were in that desert area where he saw full-on anakin just standing there in a cloak and he was like hallucinating i was like i was like oh shit okay mm-hmm. i hope we see more of that like because like the way he dealt with it was very compelling mm-hmm. ryan what was yours <sighs> um this is going to be weird. This is this is going to be weird, but I I have to say it's the um mundane uh Obi-Wan's life working at the carcass on a factory line and then just showing that whole experience of him like going to work, Routine. clocking out. Yeah. His his repetition, like just showing what everyday life is like for anyone living in, you know, in the Star Wars universe that's not part of that you know isn't lucky enough or unfortunate enough not to be part of the skywalker's you know storyline um um, my most exactly lucky yeah exactly (laughs) uh my most disappointing thing about the series though is i was really expecting flea to be in it a lot more than what he was with all of the like (laughs) media there was about flea being in this series i'm like oh cool there's gonna and i was like He's he's a he's a kidnapper that shows up for five minutes. Yay! <laughs> like, I didn't like, see he, any media that he was going to be in this show. Yeah, I've got a lot of like music stuff on my Facebook feed, and okay. so I, I would say for 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 like every just general Star Wars excitement ad or post I saw for you know Obi Wan Kenobi, I saw an article from like some music magazine talking about how flea's gonna be in star wars and then i mean he got a few lines i'm happy about that he's I in am. two episodes yeah he's yeah. in two episodes he has got but like five or at least i would i would say at least four and a half minutes of screen time maybe three he had some one-on-one with uh with the obi-wan you're bleeding yeah. all over my floor which i'm sad he didn't have any like i'm sad he wasn't more crazy and had some like donnie thornberry moments but it's okay <laughs> i yeah i mean you know it's just i, I was expecting because it's flea i was expecting more 
that they would do with him. But I, I guess they poured all that into his costume. So I guess they poured. He, he met his, his he met his worst enemy: low hanging trees. <laughs> um, low hanging trees and apparently not a lot of cardio practice. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> to be fair, God. those were his minions. He didn't really chase after. Him and his No, he didn't. Yeah. He was, he was really kind of moseying through that, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I. Did we all give our favorite moments then. Okay. That kind of wraps it for me. I could I could go yeah. on and on and on. But yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's a good place to put a put a pin in it for now. Um uh next Star Hope, Wars. Hopefully series forever. Is, hopefully yeah. forever. No <laughs> well, more Obi-Wan there, series. There's gonna no be more, more Star Obi-Wan Wars. Series. Sure. Um, oh, but, but one one thing, one thing, real quick. I will say uh, Tuesday, we all expected this to end as a major plug for another show, and it didn't. Granted, mm-hmm. it kind of left the door open if they want to do a sequel series, but I do have to give them props for resisting to be like, and now we're going to throw in this that's, oh, hint, hint, here's the next show. You know, like it was fairly contained that they showed resistance at the end to not overly plug another show. And, I, well, until I... they announce Reva's show. Well, I, I, I think they did that in the the beginning of the episode. I I wouldn't be surprised to see O'Shea Jackson Jr. show up in Andor. Andor. Yeah, for you, sure. You've got a... You've got a oh, Ice Cube's good? Yeah. Ice Cube Jr., yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up. Hell, even Kumail showing up on there wouldn't be a surprise to me. So, I did like him. He was great in the show, Ice Cube Jr. I did like um, him. I but should I, learn his name. What's his name? Oshea Jackson Jr. That's yeah. his name. I did like him. He didn't. He didn't get a lot, but I liked. I liked what he was involved in. Mm-hmm. And if the rumors are true about a certain uh, actress joining Star Wars soon, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see another character a little bit older down the line. So, um, who, are we, who are we talking about? Millie Bobby Brown is rumored to be joining Star oh, Wars. No. She's probably no, an no, older no. Leia. God damn it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it don't do it don't do it yeah i would rather well, no, it doesn't really just... make sense because millie bobby brown is at about the age that uh carrie fisher was when she played her in a new hope yeah yeah but she's like, playing she, she a teenager in high school in stranger things right now she doesn't look like a teenager with uh but uh yeah, yeah. she doesn't know she was playing a teenager she found out during press that 11 is supposed to be 14 and she was shocked <laughs> so yeah Okay. The, well, they're they're freshmen in high school. Yeah. Does she, she not know she's British. What high school is? <laughs> okay. Okay. True. We'll we'll ask we'll ask Devin about it next week when he's on, like how high school works over there and see why she was confused. Um I but... he I I the, no. The I mean yes. I mean yes, yes, because I like chaos and no because I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh josh seth uh where can people find you guys online you can seth. find us at nerf herders assemble on pretty much every uh platform out there uh, but we are uh prominently active on youtube we post our live uh shows there and uh on the off chance that we make an actual pre-recorded uh anything it ends up on youtube as well um but we also str- our stream also does show up on facebook so if you for whatever reason decide that you like huh. facebook live streams more than youtube's uh you can catch us there and um 
yeah, YouTube will be pretty much the best place to follow us to kind of keep up on everything that's going on as long as you're hitting that notification bell so you actually get notified when we go live. Okay. <laughs> Outside of uh, Nerf Herders, where can people find you guys online? Okay. Um, you 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 can find me at Jones on the Lens, all one word, L-E-N-S, proper spelling of lens, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter. Uh, I do mainly photography on those it's not always safe for work though so enter with uh, caution and um that's that's pretty much the only platforms that i'm available you can also okay. you can see my gallery at jonesonthelens.com okay so josh depends on the know? work if it's not safe for work it depends on what your it work does, is it does but, it does but, but it's, uh, it's all it's all in that one place so it was risky you can you can find me at fierce lit or fierce literature.com um uh, you can find me on Twitter bitching about one thing or another. And uh, I have no shows uh, coming up for a while. I was supposed to be at Smallville Con last weekend, but I had some family stuff last minute that kept me from going there. That looked like a good time. My next show, unless something comes up, is is not until October, which gives me some time to knock out some projects and really dig deep. So um, hopefully... Uh, you can find both Alan and I uh, at that next show in New York. Yeah. Um, and one day Seth, when I can convince him to come out to New York. But uh, I mean, um, it's not after yeah. after Kansas City, it won't be hard to convince me. So <laughs> I just, I, I just got to pay to get out there. We'll just have a party. We'll just have a, well, Alan, me, and Seth in, behind a booth. That sounds like a good yeah. time. Battle of the Beards. Yeah. In the meantime, you can find Ryan and I this weekend at Main Street Comic Con in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. Just oh, just as exciting as New York Comic Con, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but same uh, same thing. We will be back. We will be back to our normal schedule next week, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, with Devin's pick. That was supposed to be the pick this week with Elvis hitting theaters. We're talking about another Baz Luhrmann film, Moulin Rouge, which I have never seen. Mm. So we're gonna keep the Ewan McGregor train going um, with Moulin Rouge next week. Um, Real big fish. Throw that in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> like, I've never it's seen a, it. It's, a, it's another I, movie. I, I, it's I a, thought another you had McGregor movie. No, I've never seen it. Oh, Big Fish. Okay. I thought you meant oh, yeah. like the ska band, like Real Big Fish. No, uh, big, yeah. uh, big Fish. <laughs> big Fish, yeah. Oh, I yeah, love Big Fish. You also need, big you also need to real see big fish. Uh, just big fish. the killer's music video for Mr. Brightside. It's it's very much in the vein of Moulin Rouge. In fact, it's it's basically moulin rouge so to... you don't have time to watch the whole movie just watch that you know okay oh and watch the men who stare at goats so you can understand what that douche that josh was following on twitter was talking about, about this <laughs> <Jedi> <laughs> uh, you can find you have to watch this podcast wherever you get your podcast we are on twitch facebook instagram and our website rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com uh until next time uh thank you again for joining us uh seth and josh uh, make sure Thanks to check out us. make sure to check out their youtube channel nerf herders assemble um until next time for you have to watch this podcast i'm alan i'm ryan and I'm josh <laughs> yep i'm fucking seth and i'm and i'm late to that party <laughs> and and may the force be with you <laughs>